following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts... From Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad. And introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. We are at Minute 66 of Flash Gordon Minute. Eric, how you doing? Uh, I'm very sorry, Brad, but I can't contribute much to this episode. I'm petrified and covering my eyes. There is scary stuff. So, uh, Eric, we, we, we have a very exciting guest that's going to be joining us this week, and since you did all the legwork to make this magic happen, pl- please introduce our new friend. Yes, I'm very excited to welcome this week's guest. Uh, there are three podcasts that, for me, are my personal favorites that are head and shoulders above all others. And this week we have the co-host of one of those three from Stuff You Should Know, which I might add Apple recently announced is the most downloaded show in Apple podcast history with 500 million downloads. <laughs> and also a second podcast he hosts on his own, Movie Crush. We welcome Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Sweet, fancy Moses. That's a lot of downloads. <laughs> Half a billion. <laughs> it's funny. We've been doing this a long time and uh, have hit some milestones in the last year, like 10 years and a thousand episodes. But uh, when that number came out, I think all of us were kind of like, wow, that's something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the sort of situation where then you call up. Mom's like, now will you try listening to the podcast? I'll show <laughs> you how to download. <laughs> exactly. I remember the first, my very first podcast, I had to like burn it to a CD player and then like put it in the player for mom so she would listen to because there was no <laughs> way I was going to make it happen. That's great. So, but this is, uh, it's very exciting. Uh, and it's just, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And I, I'm glad that you have a little love for this movie to, that you want to help share with us because, uh, this is, as we were sort of saying in the green room before we began, uh, you know, but it flashes what really bonds us all. Well, yeah, I mean, this, this movie came out when I was nine years old, which, uh, I think, you know, eight to 14 or 15 is kind of the sweet spot for this thing upon first release. And I was, I was right in the wheelhouse there. So I was way into it. That is a perfect Yeah. There's just a, something about the color and the music and the over the top characters that are so easy to get a grasp of. You look at Ming, it's like, I know he's evil. I know yeah. Flash is good. It's, it, you don't, it's, Sort of like uh, sort of the same age where kids get into like sports or pro wrestling or stuff and stuff where you know who the good guy is, you know who the bad guy is, and you know there there's something so simple. But fortunately, there's enough layers to this movie where you can keep it enjoying it even when when you would think you'd be old enough to know better. Well, I still enjoy it. Yeah, that's it. Well, obviously, we are uh, still fans as well. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah, and uh, Chuck, I was five uh, when this came out, and I saw it in the movie theater. And, oh, nice. Um, this is actually, uh, to, to set up uh, this minute, uh, this is one of the two scenes, actually, that I specifically remember seeing in yeah. the theater when I was five. I covered my eyes, actually. I remember covering my eyes during the scene. And this scene, uh, we, we get the, 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 the scorpion tree stump battle between Flash and Baron. Yeah. This and the Zarkov mind wipe were the two most requested scenes by guests. And when I offered you a couple of different scenes, you specifically chose this one. Your exact words were, <laughs> that one really got me as a kid. Yeah. So uh, tell, tell us a bit about why you chose this scene and how it got you as a kid. 
Well, I mean, I think like you were saying, uh, being a, in your case, a five-year-old or me, a nine-year-old and understanding good and evil and scary things like it, there was nothing scarier than reaching in uh, these, these holes and not knowing what's down there, but knowing something was really bad. And even watching it, you know, yesterday, when you sent me the clips there, it's, it's still a very tense scene the way they play it. Oh, it is. And it's, and we've talked about this before. They did a good enough job of setting this up where there was a little bit of tension. Because mm-hmm. obviously you know Flash isn't going to die. Spoiler alert. Um, but because they say you could survive for days and the man is, you, you would just be suffering, you could actually see a scenario where the scorpion gets Flash. He's in pain, but he's so tough he's going to fight it off. And then there's some sort of... Uh, Deus Ex Machina at the end of it where it's like, oh, we had a cure the whole time. There is a little bit of tension. Well, yeah, and, and as a nine-year-old, I don't even know, honestly, if I had that, if I fully understood that Flash Gordon wouldn't die at that age. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. It's, it's <laughs> Nine-year-old is just like, I just want to make sure he's okay. Well, and also you could look at it as this movie came out a few months after Empire Strikes Back. If you're that young of a kid, you just saw Luke Skywalker get his hand chopped off, Han Solo mm-hmm. get frozen, so you might not necessarily think the good guy is always going to come out okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you're right. Uh, nine years old, that is the age where the kids just ask their parents incessantly, it's like, is Superman going to be okay? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, which uh, is actually funny because now it's reversed. When I watch a movie with my parents, my mom is constantly asking me what's right. going to happen and <laughs> is so-and-so going to be all right. Well, that's the circle of life, guys. <laughs> that's how it works. Well, and, you know, you talk about uh, ramping up the tension. Uh, you know, I-, I love the expression on Baron's face as Flash first puts his arm in there. He does. He's not saying anything, but, you know, he really does a good job. Uh, of, of You could tell he's pulling for him to just... Get stung the first time, and let's be done with this, and I can just move on with my life. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, this, this scene picks up right after, like, the minute before Flash is taken from the swamp cage, which, looking at that scene again, like, I know this this movie is known now for being sort of a little bit corny for the 80s-ness of it, but that swamp set actually holds up pretty well. It's a pretty good set. Yeah. Real strong sets. Um, we've had some question where it's a dirty-looking set. Uh, yeah. They do a great job of getting the feel of it, and Baron's a little too uh, too much of a dandy. Where mm-hmm. he's very Robin Hood, and he doesn't look like a real and Timothy Dalton himself, where he's such a gentleman when he performs. Uh, you you almost don't really believe him as a guy living in a swamp, but uh, but the set itself is just magnificent. Something that is the real charm of movies and stuff done from this era, where they're actually on that set and. And as we've discussed before, it must have just stunk being on this set. It was probably gross being on there. Yeah, I would imagine. As opposed to, but that's something that can come out of the performance. As opposed to now, where if you ever see a behind the scenes where they show them working on uh, Avengers: Infinity War, where they barely have any set even set up, and you just see the background where it's you know green screen for them to like put the set on later, and I, I, I think. I can easily see how that can cause um, a bit of disconnect for the actors trying to perform in the scene. Yeah, I always wonder about that. And it is pretty impressive because, you know, Avengers is shot here in Atlanta where I live. And I have a couple of friends that work on a lot of those Marvel movies. And you're right, you know, they're standing around uh, in front of a green screen. And even though this is uh, an 80s movie and can be a little cornball, like there's something about actually submerging yourself in a tank of 
gross water. Oh yeah, you'll you'll get the. Uh, <laughs> it'll help you if you're a method actor. That'll get you right where you Stanislavski wants you to be to uh, you know show that fear and irritation and anger because you're going to be pretty ticked off and worried about whatever just rubbed against your leg in that gross water. Yeah, yeah I, I think Sam Jones is one of the great method actors, so you're probably right <laughs> on the way there. <laughs> yeah, we mentioned, Chuck, last week during that scene that whoever the actor is in the Lizard Man costume in that swamp, <laughs> yeah. just hazard pay there. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure they got a bump. <laughs> uh, so, Baron, so not only is, is he just really, you know, doing lots of good acting with his face, but he's goading Flash, and his goading, it doesn't really ring true. At one point, he, sa- he asks, he says, you know, you're scared, but he already he already did it. He put his arm in the stump, he took it out, and Baron's taunting him to say, you're scared. Well, well, he just did it. And then he does it again, and he says, what would Aura think of you now? Yeah. And it's like, but he's doing it. So like, I'm not sure what the taunt is expected to do. There. Well, his, his first taunt gets him on board. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> but his first taunt is basically what gets him on board. He, he basically calls him a chicken, and that's all it takes, and Flash is right in there. It's funny looking at the... What, what is that actually thing called? Is it the Wood Beast? Or is that uh, what's inside? Yeah, I looked I looked this up because when this was in the movie, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when the guy gets stung, um, I, I we didn't have the info, and I looked it up. So here's the deal. So I found a quote online from the guy that actually made the model of this thing. Oh, wow. Um, and he said that... Uh, so during production, he and his partner were asked to build this and they called it a spider-like creature, and it ends mm-hmm. up being kind of a scorpion. They called it the Emperogen, E-M-P-Y-R-O-G-E-N, I guess Emperogen. <laughs> and so this is a real spinal tap twist to this story, though. <laughs> it was one foot high and was designed by the art department, <laughs> and it was supposed to be the prototype for a four-foot-high creature. Oh, but they decided great. against the larger one and just used the miniature. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny looking at that thing now. Uh when I was a kid, I just felt like, oh my gosh, which one's he going to put his hand in? And looking now, I think there are only like five holes in that thing. And not only that, all five holes lead to one giant space. <laughs> they don't lead to different spaces. You're, no matter what hole you're putting your hand in, it's all going in the same spot. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> you're right. That's funny. The, the rules of this game make no damn sense. <laughs> and honestly, Chuck, I, I, I love this movie. And this is a great scene because of the tension. But, and I've said it before, Baron's plan was stupid. And even the dumber, because you realize as you get two or three in, it's like, okay, somebody's going to get stung soon. Because I I did the same thing. I sort of counted. It's like, that's only five holes. They've already done, like, they get in pretty deep into this very quickly. It's like, what's the end game here? Baron, how did you actually think this this would work out? And for the love of God, and I've said it before, why didn't you just stab Flash and make up the story later? Well, it's not as fun for the movie, you know? <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> it is the thing, it's like, it's just for the movie. Pretty much. Keeping in what we were just talking about, about uh, how it all, all the same, all the stumps lead to the same spot. You know, when Baron first puts his hand in, the, you see the leaves moving. So the scorpion is clearly, it's right underneath. It's got to be an inch below his hand. Right. But it doesn't sting him, though. So again, you know, movie reasons, ramping up the tension, but in Flash Gordon world reasons, the thing should have been right there on the spot. Yeah, I mean, and this is, I mean, you get that great POV shot from inside the thing. Oh, great shot, yeah. And as a kid, and even as a 47-year-old yesterday, I was like, that's a good shot, because that just sort of gives, like, teases it out a bit. And, you know, Flash goes in like a champ on his, he goes shoulder deep on that first reach, (laughs) which 
was was pretty ballsy. Like I would have gone like to the elbow maybe, but he goes he goes all in, and you see that pile of leaves, and it's like you don't know what's under there. So it's it's like legit scary. Yeah, you, I, I agree with. You. I, I'm I'm just sticking in a pinky. I do not feel any of the like you know have my <laughs> armpit against the stump. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we discussed uh, in the in the scene that this thing is in before. You know, you stick your arm in, and and there's no set rule for how long you're supposed to stick your arm in there. I mean, Flash even says second down, and he's mm-hmm. still got his hand all the way in there as he's saying it. He hasn't even pulled his hand out yet. Yeah, no one explains the rules at all. <laughs> that was something Anarchy pointed out. Uh, just, Baron really does, just a big taunter. He, he's got a lot of talk, trashing, uh, trash-talking game, and I, I, and I don't see, really see where he's going with this. You're, uh, and Chuck, you're right. Flash is already in. He he was uh, it didn't take much to convince Flash to do this. He's like you scared? It's like oh okay, time to put my arm my arm into the Death Scorpion stump pit thing. Oh, it doesn't take much to trick a Jets quarterback, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to this day. <laughs> yeah, I just got to imagine somewhere. I don't know. And here's the thing: I'm even having a tough time thinking of another Jets quarterback. Who is the Jets quarterback now? Joe Namath. <laughs> i have no idea i i live in new york i have no idea yeah exactly i, I so don't follow them i uh, listeners know how much how much i like to goof on the jets but i don't know any of their players <laughs> it would be just awesome if somewhere there's a jets quarterback current or former jets quarterback watching is like hey that's a real tough one to get that would have fooled me too uh the poor jets we, we can call out, though, uh, Howard Blake, musical cue, number 28, based on our count here. The tense and scary music that plays as there are. Nice. Notes. Another great music. And, well, and this is going to be, we have a couple of good Howard Blake minutes. Yes, we do. We, we love uh, Howard Blake. He was uh, nice enough to come on the show and share a lot of time with us. So we, oh, that's great. We feel it's important because uh, Queen gets a lot of credit. Sure. Howard Blake almost killed himself doing the music for this uh, movie. So, uh he deserves all the credit he can get for sure. Yeah, he really he really shined in this scene because that music had a lot to do with it. That POV angle, I think the the pace of the scene, like they played it nice and slow, and uh, and the music kind of kicks in, and it, it really even like I said, watching it yesterday, like there's a lot of tension there. Yeah, it's a great tense minute. So much fun, and this has been a great first day, uh, Chuck. We're just thrilled to have you with us. Eh, you know, Eric, I, I do. As excited as I am, uh, I got I got some problems at home. Oh, how, home troubles, huh? Home troubles. You know, we've talked before. We have our new cat Mowgli, uh, and he's an adorable little kitten. He's probably like twelve weeks old by now, and he was in our bathroom. There's a mirror, like a big mirror in the bathroom, and he saw the mirror and he saw his reflection. He charged at it, thinking it was another cat, and went headfirst into the mirror. Uh, pretty much gave himself a concussion. So, Eric, my uh, concern is. I think my cat's an idiot. Oh, uh, well, listen, if you got a cat that, you know, doesn't know what the heck's going on, and his name's Mowgli, so is he, is he goofing around with Shira Khan or Baloo, Baboo, whatever that bear's name is, don't worry about it. Flash will save every one of us. Attention listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at FlashGordonPod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute.
Time.